Welcome to Brain Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com, where smart happens. Hi, I'm Marshall Brain with today's question. How do terrorist bombs work? For example, parcel bombs or truck bombs or suicide bombs. Terrorists have a new way of getting bombs to the United States. They simply mail them. For example, recently there were package bombs sent from Yemen to the United States, disguised to look like ordinary packages, and these bombs could have brought down their respective airplanes or they could have exploded at their intended destinations. This is just the latest in a string of terrorist bombing attempts that goes back for decades. The string includes truck bombs, suicide bombs, luggage bombs, and parcel bombs. Although they come in different shapes and sizes, all these different types of bombs have the same basic ingredients. They include the explosives themselves, some way to detonate those explosives, and some kind of disguise. Let's take a look at how these elements come together to create different types of terrorist bombs. Timothy McVeigh's truck bomb is one of the most famous terrorist bombs in history. It extends a tradition that started with a truck bomb placed in 1920 in the heart of the New York Financial District. In that case, the truck was a horse-drawn wagon, but even so, more than three dozen people died and hundreds were injured. There are still marks on the New York Stock Exchange left by that bomb. In the case of Timothy McVeigh's truck bomb, the disguise was the truck itself. The explosive agent was ammonium nitrate fertilizer mixed with either nitromethane, the type of fuel that's used in top fuel dragsters and funny cars, or diesel fuel. The fertilizer fuel mixture was held in large plastic barrels in the back of the truck. When ammonium nitrate is mixed with fuel like this, it creates an extremely powerful explosive agent that's approximately equivalent pound for pound to TNT. But it does need a detonator. It needs a smaller explosion that's powerful enough to set off the fertilizer. In this case, McVeigh used two fuses that he lit to ignite 350 pounds of an industrial blasting agent. The shock from that smaller explosion set off the ammonium nitrate. McVeigh's truck carried approximately two and a half tons of that fertilizer fuel mixture, a huge amount that could be heard 50 miles away when it exploded. It was enough to destroy an entire office building. Suicide bombs use a far smaller amount of explosive material, but the effects are often just as devastating despite the small size. A suicide bomb can explode in the middle of a crowd, making it extremely lethal. Suicide bombs are therefore the most common type of terrorist bomb. In the case of a suicide bomb, the disguise is the bomber's clothing. Therefore, the bomb is normally fabricated as a vest or a belt that's laced with explosive charges. The explosive agent itself varies depending on the location. It could be TNT, harvested from other military munitions like landmines, C4, which is a common plastic explosive, or acetone peroxide, which is made of common household chemicals. The detonation starts with a switch pressed by the bomber himself. That switch could activate a blasting cap, but an igniter might be as simple as the filament of a light bulb. The switch in the bomber's hand connects a battery to the bulb. The filament heats up white hot in a fraction of a second and sets off the bomb. 
In the case of the two parcel bombs sent from Yemen, the use of a toner cartridge as a disguise is particularly interesting. The reason is because toner cartridges are a very common cargo. If you have a laser printer at home, you know that the box for the new cartridge doubles as a mailer so you can return the old cartridge to recycle it. Therefore, there are thousands of toner cartridges flowing through the parcel system on any given day. It would be nearly impossible to screen all of them for bombs. The use of household chemicals to create the explosive agent would also be beneficial here because it would throw off dogs used to detect explosives. In the case of this particular bomb, PETN appears to be the explosive. PETN is most commonly found in something like debt cord, a detonation cord used to set off explosives. The detonator is often a modified cell phone. This allows the bomb to be remotely activated at any time simply by making a call to the phone. Another common detonator is an ordinary battery-operated alarm clock. Had either of the bombs exploded in the air, the airplanes would likely have been blown out of the sky. Recovery from the Atlantic Ocean would have been unlikely, so we might never have known exactly what really happened to the planes. The reason why a small bomb can take down an entire gigantic passenger jet is because the cabin is pressurized. Once the bomb punches a hole through the side of the plane, the pressure of the cabin rips off a large portion of the fuselage, and then the plane is doomed. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. 